Good evening. Hello. Wasn't a trick question. Hello. I am Andrew, as you've just heard, and it's so good. I know we've got loads of people. Uh, someone got married yesterday. You got married yesterday over in the corner, didn't you? Yes. A little round of applause. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people go to Barbados for their honeymoons. Other people come to Trinity Cheltenham for their honeymoon. Uh, a bit sad, but anyway, welcome. Uh, someone's here, got married a year ago exactly today. Is that right? Just there? Yeah, little right. Yeah, well done. Brilliant. And there's a load of people, again, a load of people who are, uh, are here new tonight. So welcome. So we've been in this series for a while. Quite a few of us have been following this series, The Fear of the Lord. Um, and I'm going to pick that up. But first, and again, if you just want to just think about this for yourself, please feel free to do that. It's just glorious having so many different people in the building, different perspectives, personality types. But my question is, and you might want to turn to someone, have you ever been surfing and how did it go? Okay. Have you ever been surfing or bodyboarding? And how did it go? Okay, we're just, we're just leaving talking for about 30 minutes, and then I'll pray at the end. Oh, yeah, you need mics. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, uh, hands up. Who's ever been... Okay, so first of all, who's ever been proper surfing? You know, kind of... Hands up. Who's done proper surfing? Ah, uh, a few in the house. Jamie, you're a surfer, aren't you? You're a Guernsey boy, so, you know, Channel Line. Do they have surf in Guernsey? Well, there you go. Okay, so what about bodyboarding? Yeah, you know? Okay, so you're not going to be surprised to hear that I'm a little bit more of a bodyboarder than I am a surfer. I mean, I've got the moves, but I'm more of a kind of gracefully falling forward kind of person. Now, you are going to want to remove this picture from your mind, you know, in five seconds' time, and we will pray for you at the beginning, but just for a moment, imagine me in a wetsuit. <laughs> See, I told you, didn't I? This is creepy, I know. Some of you are here, you know, we've joined a cult, and it's even worse. Um, he actually said to me, I'm writing to the bishop now, he actually asked me to imagine him in a wetsuit, but imagine me. They're quite good, they suck everything in, don't they? You know, and some of us just need more sucking in than others. But anyway, you get kind of sucked in and you, you go and you've got your board, you've got your, you know, some people, you know, have their kind of Malibu, kind of whatever boards. I have my little, you know, short board, bought a slightly bigger one than I need for a bit more buoyancy. Don't know why, but I did. Um, and you go into the water and you stride majestically, don't you, into the water. You, you know, you know, when you're wearing a wetsuit, you are, you're just awesome aren't you? Yeah? And you, you know, stride into the water, and then, oh, 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 <laughs> it's cold. Um, and then you go, and the water rises to a certain point, 
And ladies and gentlemen, it's a bit different for you, but it gets to a certain point, it's really cold. Then you get in, and there you are. You're in the middle of the ocean, surrounded by little kids who can do it really easily and are really annoying. But there you are at 60 years old, in your wetsuit, and you're waiting for the wave. You've got to watch your wave. Do you know that waves, I think I'm right in this, that wave, do waves come in sevens or fourteens? Sevens, yeah. I, see, I, I knew that. So there you are, one, all over you, you know, two, uh, 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 no, don't rescue me, I'm fine. And, and then about once every hour, when you fall majestically forward, you know, you fall forward in a way where the power of the wave is enough to catch you. And, and just for a moment, just for one glorious moment, in my case, I mean, these little kids, I mean, anyway, they just sort of fall forward, boom, 200 yards. Nikki does it. I mean, she's at the beach waving me. Oh, that was another good one. And I'm going, oh, was it, darling? I hate you. Um, <laughs> but just every now and again, the wave is big enough. And you, you get the timing absolutely right. And you fall forward like a majestic beached whale. And you are taken. You are taken. And for a moment, you are, you are king of the ocean as you fly forward. A lot of the time, you just drown slightly, don't you? The waves are too big. They're just enormous. And they just kind of, and if you're like me, you have, to, you have to go out far enough to try and get the big waves. But if you go out far enough and try and get the big waves, I'm just not tall enough. So I basically am kind of, that's my entire experience of surfing. But every now and again, and, and I, I know enough, even though I, even though I haven't myself completely got it, I, I can see what it looks like when you've got it, when you, when you are there. I can see the guys who are surfing and the women who are just surfing and they've just got it. And I get it enough that it keeps on wanting me to, to go back in. And, and sometimes, yeah, the sea is, is downright scary. It's just huge, isn't it? The sea deserves your full respect, you have to be aware of its, its might and its majesty and its beauty. We, we, we were on holiday in Cornwall recently and we went out one day and there was the mist and the sea, which the day before had been quite nice and, you know, floppy forward into. It was just huge. And, and please hear me really carefully. I am not going to say that fear of the Lord and God is exactly like the sea because he isn't. He isn't like the sea. But I just want to suggest that something of the quality of, of the awesome respect that you have for the sea, but also the delight that you can have it. And just, just something about every now and again, you get it. And when you get it, you're just surfing forward. You've got a sense of, I've caught this moment. And many times, maybe you're here through this series, you've been, and even now tonight, you're trying to get grapple. Hills was uh, last week, or two weeks, uh, whenever it was, Hills recently, brilliantly, was just trying to say that, you know, some of us are still perhaps grappling. Fear. Fear's a bad thing. Okay, as Hill said, I, I know fearing fire, good. You don't want to burn. So that's a good kind of fear. But, but 
Yeah, fear's not normally, you don't normally embrace fear, do you? But here we are in this series saying that in the Bible, through the, through the pages of God's word to us, God's love letter to you and to, to me, God's saying, this is, this is how to get to know me. In here, it says hundreds of times that fear of the Lord, it's much more than respect. Fear of the Lord, it, it's nothing like surfing at all. Fear of the Lord, it's, it's, it's much more than any human relationship. Somehow having the right stance before God, somehow having the, the right posture, somehow daring to, to leap in and catch the wave. This thing, fear of the Lord, this, this word of God says it is the beginning of wisdom. It's, it's the beginning of understanding. It is the way to have a right relationship with God who is creator of all of the oceans, the whole world, who is much greater and much more majestic than even the biggest wave. This thing, fear of the Lord, a posture, an attitude, a, a stance, a way of desiring and wanting this, this hunger inside, this taste. Of how amazing God is. This is the root. This is the way. Maybe you've only just caught the odd little wave. Maybe through this series it's felt like you're like beached whale. You've been kind of trying to get onto the wave of what this thing is, but you've constantly just got some people yeah, seem to get it, but I don't. But I am hoping, and for those of you new tonight, even now, even in this moment, as God the Holy Spirit is here with us now, speaks into your hearts, there's just enough in, in what you've already heard. There's just something in you that says, okay, I get it. Yes, fear of God if you don't believe in Jesus, if you haven't received the gift of Jesus, that kind of fear, fear of death, don't want that. That is bad. That's a kind of, but fear of God because he loves me and because he knows me and because he died on the cross for me and because he wants to have a relationship with me and like the, the best parent ever, he wants to embrace me. And, and I can go with confidence to this God, but also with an appropriate respect, but it's bigger, with a reverence, but it's bigger, with an awe, but it's bigger. I can go to this God and he looks into my heart and he sees, he just sees if there's a spark at least in me, a desire in me to want to have that right relationship. You know, he never says, like a, like a parent never says to their child who's done a little drawing, never says, not very good, is it? You know, come back when you're a Michelangelo. 
God never says, well, Andrew, come back to me when you've kind of got 50% of the way there to understanding and to being right. Now, God says, Andrew, I'm just looking for that pure desire, that, that want. And I will meet you. I'll do all the heavy lifting. I'll be like this wave that, that whatever your timing, that as you kind of go into it, but you've got to go into it. You see, you never get anywhere surfing, do you, just by standing? You could, you could stand there wearing all the right kit. There's a few people here today. You've got all the right kind of Christian faith kit. You've got it all on. You've got your wetsuit on. You've got your board. But if you're not willing just to say, okay, God, okay, Holy Spirit, I will, I will trust in you. I will go. Nothing will happen. But if you do, if you say, whatever the world might try and tell me about God, whatever people might say about being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, I'm going to trust and I'm going to say, I want wisdom. I want understanding. I want knowledge of who you are, God. I want intimacy. I don't want to just know about you, God. I want to know you, God. Then you will catch the best ever wave to use that imagery because the Holy Spirit, God with us tonight, right now, this God who is literally knocking on the door of a few of you, you can feel your heart beating a little bit faster, this God knocking on the door will carry you because we've, we've said, here's a picture I showed a few weeks ago. It's not about religious fear. It's, it's, it's not about, you know, kind of God being a horrible, angry headmaster in the sky. Yes, we should have a proper fear and reverence for God who is going to judge and decide life and death. We should have that reverence. But we don't have to be scared of this God because we've met him in Jesus. We've seen him in Jesus. Now, this is, as, as Tim, one of the pastors here, said a few weeks ago, this is both the wow and the woe. A little taste of which I get sometimes in the sea. That's my image. It's something about this wow and this woe that we're in the business of talking about tonight and in this series. And I just want to give you just one little insight into someone who kind of lets, and then these guys are going to answer some questions, which I hope will just resonate with your questions that might. But here's just one person who said, if I have the right relationship with God, if I, if I fear God in the right appropriate sense of that, in a healthy way, then I do not need to fear anything or anyone else. If I, if I have the right attitude, stance, posture about God... Everyone, everything else is secondary. He was a guy called Joseph. Some of you will know the story. Steve, there's a slide, isn't there? Favoritism and pride. So here we go. Uh, if we can go back to the, my summary one. So if you know the story of Joseph in the Bible, basically you've seen the film maybe. Joseph, uh, he, was, he was favoured by his father. Jacob, and he was given a coat of many colours. Many of you will know the film and the story. And, and basically, he was given a coat of many colours because what his dad was saying was that you're never going to have to work for a living. 
You don't need working clothes like, like your brothers. He had 11 brothers. And, and he got prideful and he dreamt about his whole family basically bowing down to him. He saw them as, the, the, as bales of wheat, as things of wheat bowing down to him. He saw them as the, the sun and the moon and the stars. Dad was the sun, mum was the moon, brothers were the stars. They were all going to bow down to him. So pride took him away. And so his brothers plot and they, they, they basically try and get rid of him. They're going to kill him, but actually God, and here's the two themes, God protects and God provides. Because basically, Joseph gets sold into slavery. You know the story, maybe, sold into slavery into Egypt. Next one, thanks, Steve. And, and when he's there in Egypt, he gets sold to, uh, to the wife of a guy called Potiphar. And Potiphar is like the, the chief head kind of um, bodyguard to the pharaoh, the very pharaoh. So in this horrible story, this really difficult story, God's protection and provision is being expressed in a number of different ways. But, and we're going to read, he gets betrayed. Joseph gets betrayed, gets thrown back into prison. Next one, here's as our summary goes on. He has some more dreams in prison because where he's ended up in prison is where Pharaoh puts his own personal prisoners. And it turns out there's the cupbearer, the one who gives him the wine, the most trusted position because is it poisoned? No, here you are, Pharaoh, have a drink. And the cupbearer is there and his baker is there. They have dreams Joseph is able to interpret the dreams. God gives him that ability and Joseph is restored and then there is reconciliation at the end. Now, in the middle of that story is this bit that we're just going to read. Thanks, Steve. So here we are. So in the middle of the story, it's the betrayal bit in the middle and it's Genesis 39. So Joseph, we can read, was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. Joseph has risen because of his God-given abilities to be head of the household. No one here has more authority than I do. He's held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. I... Obviously, there's all kinds of dynamics to this story which we could go into and discuss. And, and, and I don't want to, I haven't got time tonight, but there's bits here that are clunky and we would want to come back to those another time. He says, though, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Now, Joseph has got all kinds of reasons why he could have said yes. He's been betrayed by God, hasn't he? Let down by God because he got sold into slavery. He was in a culture where it was okay to do exactly this thing. Our culture says it's okay. He was lonely. He was homesick. He had genuine needs. The proposal came from her, didn't it? She was chasing him. He's not really to blame, is he? Could it have been his route out? Maybe God was saying, okay, the end, sorry, the means will justify the end. It's a wrong thing to do, but maybe it will lead to his escape. But Joseph is an example to us of someone who says, no, my fear of the Lord, my desire for right relationship with God trumps 
everything else. It trumps whatever my circumstances might look like to others. It trumps what the culture around me is saying is okay and acceptable. It, it trumps, uh, you know, however I might personally think that somehow this will be okay. It'll be, a, you know, God will work it through. It trumps everything. He says, no, I'm putting God and my relationship with God above and beyond anything else. Joseph's circumstances never stopped him basing his life on God's power, awesome greatness. He never stopped trusting in God's protection and in God's provision. I, I know we've got a real mix of ages in the room and that's amazing. I know for every age there are challenges, aren't there, in our culture. There are, there are things where we're just thinking to ourselves, well, this is out of date, it's, it doesn't apply anymore, or other people seem to be doing it, so isn't it okay? Or, or we sort of rationalise it, we kind of, you know, we got used to God serving our needs, and when he doesn't, you know, well, I'm, you know God, you've kind of let me down. I realise in this room there are so many challenges there are so many other kind of forces that are saying hey look at us we're the biggest we're what matters in your life you want to have fulfillment you want to feel blessed you want true joy you want happiness you want knowledge go with this go with us god god God, God says, I am the Lord Almighty. You need to be right. Be right with me. Because I'm so desiring to give you everything you need to provide for you and to protect to give you wisdom and understanding as a as a team here at trinity we're not we're not just passionate about this thing fear of the lord uh, you know because because somehow we want to kind of you know get people in the right line we're not passionate about it because we're sort of somehow trying to correct the excesses of our age and we're passionate about this thing, fear of the Lord, because this is the scriptures tell us, the Bible tells us, God himself tells us. This stance, this attitude, this desire, this focus, it is the root to your true protection, your true provision, your true understanding of who you are. Your true knowledge and awareness of the purposes that God has for you in your life. Why you are, as one of the Psalms, one of the songbooks of the Bible says, why you are fearfully, wonderfully made.
why you are so special. Guys, Adam, Sarah, love to ask you some questions, which might, I hope, resonate with these guys a bit. And then we're going to then we're going to pray um, and I'm going to ask God to come and I hope to meet with lots of us and bless us. But um, Sarah, before we did this series, Fear of the Lord, is, is it something that you had thought about very much before? Um, I think it is something I definitely come across before. Um, if I'm very honest, something I was really confused by and I think what I'm realising is because that word fear has so many human connotations yeah. um, and I think for me it was like Fear of the Lord, that sounds like something to either be avoided or overcome, not something to grapple with. So, yes, I think I had, but um, it was just something that confused me a bit, I think. Um, And I think my my kind of realist experiences of what fear of the Lord was came in really extreme situations when I really needed him to be powerful and almost that bit like dangerous and that wow and whoa and oh my goodness you're so much bigger than me um and then it's like in my mundane everyday life I'm like well I don't think I really do need to fear you so it's something that I'm like yeah I've really wrestled with really helpful I bet there's lots of us who could echo that yeah Adam how about you yeah um probably on the same same as Sarah really um I probably had to go back and uh, actually listen to the talks in the past couple of weeks um, I'm kidding, by the way. I actually have listened to them. That was a joke. Um, They're all very serious. By the way, quiet room today. Yeah, dead room. Let's put atmosphere. Come on. Um, I'm sorry, I've really... Uh, yeah, you know, no, no. We've just got to warm back up, Andrew. It was all that talking about <laughs> you in a wetsuit. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm so no, sorry about the wetsuit. <laughs> no, I actually, uh, just in, in, in a bit of prep sort of thing, decided to just have a look at the back of my Bible, and sometimes it has like a index glossary, whatever it is, of like certain words and came across fear and it's one of the only words which is like written twice in there and I was like oh it's quite interesting and one of them is all fear to do with like to be like you're scared of something you're whatever and all that kind of stuff and then the other fear is all pointing towards where it's a fear of God and it was just it was really good to see the distinction between the two mm-hmm. and I think I've really struggled in the past with only knowing one yeah. and almost seeing God as like to be scared of God to be because he's so holy to be scared yeah. of him yeah. um, and that's just not the truth and um, not to be scared of him but to have an awe and a reverence of him is what I'm learning yeah. and I'm still learning that now still grappling with it now and, I, and it's something which I want to almost like get much better at yeah, it's Definitely. interesting, isn't it? It's one of those Bible words, isn't it, where we might be tempted to say, wouldn't it just be much easier to use the word respect or the word reverent or, you know, a, a different word? But actually, the truth is that none of those other words contain the whole kind of the thing of it. So the wrestling, it's one of these Bible words that actually in the wrestling in it, this is where we, we, God actually really gets in to help yeah. our understanding. So, um, yeah, so Adam, uh, first this time, what, what are one or two, maybe the, the kind of like the biggest things that, that have struck you, struck you so far as we've gone through and we, we, uh, we talked quite a lot at the beginning about what is fear of the Lord. I mean, I've done again a little bit about, about that again and what it's not. Um, we also uh, talked a little bit about what are the benefits, what's the fruit, and that's a little bit where we've been last week and, and then this week. But, but for you, what are the one or two things that have sort of struck you? Yeah, I think... The things what have struck me the most, first thing would be how hard it is to actually describe fear of the Lord, which is what you're just talking about then, because yeah. people will ask you in the chat about it and you're like, 
you can only really describe it in the way in which you, I guess, yeah, fear the Lord. But I think um, I wrote it down because Hills mentioned something in one of her talks a while back where she says, it's not easy to pin down and describe, but it's evident in the lives of those who have it. Okay, so you, when I, you see it... Yeah, and yeah. I thought and I, it, it made me be more curious to like my friends around me and those around me, like even, even some members of like family or like church family where you can see people carry this something about them what's different and it almost made me be like, oh, yeah, I want that. I want that awe for God. I want to see God in that, in that holiness and not that I don't already, but the second part which leads into that is almost like, at what point do you decide to have that fear of the Lord? Is it, is it something what's in you already and it, it needs growth or is it something what you pick up and you wear almost and you hold? Um, and I think in one way or another, it's, for me, it's almost been like a daily prayer or like daily surrender to be like, well, Lord, I, we're talking about this and I, I want that. So how do I do that? And I find that, yeah, he's been, he's been showing me through his word what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's this, thank you, Adam, it's this sense which, uh, there's a, a beautiful Bible picture. Um, I, I talked about something from early on in the Bible with the story of Joseph and how he had this sharp point of it. But there's another story about, about a wrestling, about a wrestling that someone has to do with God. And I, you know, it's so rich to be able to think, uh, some of you might be saying, hey, just why can't you make it simple? Well, the truth is, that really profound, deep things actually can rarely be summed up in just a very simple, formulaic kind of way because they are deep. And the things of God should stretch us. There is a wrestling because it's from God. We haven't made it up. If we made it up, we'd be tempted just to make it really simple, nice and easy. But actually, it's coming to us because it's the person of God. Sarah, what about you? What are the one or two things that are really striking you at the moment about this? Um, I think the word tension sort of sums it up a little bit. And that in terms of like holding two things at once yeah. that um, seem to kind of like butt heads, <laughs> but actually can, it's that like both and rather yeah. than either or. Um, so uh, something that really stuck with me, probably because I'm a very visual person as well, but in Tim's kind of introduction to the theme he talked about that mountain path and you've got like it's really hard to walk along um but then almost like the two ways that you can fall off um mm. he talked about legalism and license this is a reason why preachers do the same letter i think because it's easy to understand easy yeah. to remember um but that like um falling into that camp of like oh scary god headmaster or oh it's fine because he just accepts me so i don't really need to do anything and i think that those two camps are places where I find myself um, and where I most see other people kind mm. of falling into, you know, my, my family in the faith. I can see them like going, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but, and it's like holding them both and trying mm. to walk along that path. It's like that tension of trying to hold them that I think has really struck me. And that's not easy because it's not um, a nice rounded answer that all of you who have preached have given us. It's like, here you go. Hold, like, hold this and wrestle with it. Hmm. But actually, that is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so helpful, isn't it? Again, um, two or three people have, have, have said about this. We live in a world, don't we, where people want to make it binary. In other words, they want to make it completely either this or either that. Social media, very, very prominent about that. Um, they want to make it this either or kind of thing. And actually, the reality of being a human... And the reality of relating with God is, is we live in a, a both and 
don't we? So we're both, you know, God is God. He's not, as uh, one, someone famously said, he's not applying for the job. He is God. And he's revealed himself to us. We, as I said, we haven't gone off and found a God that we'd like. Hello, you know, would you like to apply for the job of being God in our lives? Um, he's revealed himself to us in Jesus. He is this awesome God. And he is the God who, yeah, died on the cross for us, who washed his followers' feet, who says, I, you know, the, the, the weak, you know, I will work with you where you're weakest. It's the both and. So helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and and so, uh, so here you are. So we, we said some really, uh, thank you, some, something about wrestling, something it's actually about in, in, in just kind of looking and, and seeing it, you know, almost you see it in, in something else rather than sort of just it's a formula and both andness. These are things that struck you. So um, are these things already or can you, can you see ways in which these things are going to impact on your lives as, as followers of Jesus? So, Sarah, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think it can be a real frustration because, like I say, it's not like a, an answer that we're slowly being revealed through this sermon series. And by the end of it, we'll be like, great, got it, good, let's yeah. go. Um, that was lots of Gs, so hopefully you'll remember that. Um, <laughs> it, it's more like, here you go, here's some, here's some questions. Go and do a relationship with him now. Don't. You know, this yeah. this isn't an answer, and it will be our whole lives. I think I, mm. I don't think um, fear of the Lord is something that's almost going to suddenly click. It's just it's like a constant coming back to. Um, but I think that tension is something that definitely I can see over the past few years, actually, in lots of different ways. Even just in studying the Bible a bit more, I read a really great book called Paradoxology about how. You know, there are these all these tensions in the Bible, and you're like, hang on a minute, but a few books ago I read something else, and like you're trying to like wrestle all of that and put it into the right place, but actually being comfortable with that. Mm. Um, and I think it's one of those um, things that for me personally is really difficult because I want the answer and <laughs> I want it to be um, clear, but I think that comes from a bit of like a culture thing as well. We like to have the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and we like it to be super clear. And, you know, and actually, I've had to really kind of take a step back and think, this is a relationship, this is not a test that I've got to pass or, you know, or, or something where I need an answer. This is my life and this is, this is God. So actually, it's, it is going to all be a bit grey, um, but it, it's actually so much more exciting. Mm. I think in those moments where I'm like... I don't know about something else. I'm like, tell me the plan for my life, Lord. I'm like, thank you for not, you know, it'd be so boring if you told me that I was going to have Cocoa Pops for breakfast tomorrow <laughs> and that I was going to go do this and that. And like, no, it's, it's way more exciting to wrestle with him yeah. on this than to yeah. just have it, actually. Because it's so, you know, that imagery, some of you remember, Tim was talking about striding edge, which is a, a very sharp sort of kind of mountain or pass or whatever. Anyway, it's a big hill um, up in the Lake District. And um, you walk, Lake District, yes? And, and you, you walk along the path that's in the middle. And he would say you can fall off kind of on side. And both of those options about falling off. So if you kind of fall off on the side of making God just the rules guy, then that's a way of actually kind of sort of boxing God in or if you fall over on the side of God's just all the love and grace and forgiveness and all that then again it's just somehow a way of trying to control who God is whereas what we're talking about this walking this pathway of relationship is taking God seriously 
because he takes us seriously. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Adam, what, what about you? Stuff that's going to already making a difference or you can imagine how this might make a difference as a follower of Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think I was, I was actually going to mention it earlier and I didn't, but one of my natural defaults to anything I hear or any new message I hear is automatically to strive for, like, for what's next and to go for the next thing and to, well, if that's what you've said, then I'm going to go and get it and that's what I want. So if it's fear of the Lord, I'm going to go in my natural default. And I think actually a lot of us, especially like, I'm not sure much about older generations, but um, I know for like younger generations, our natural thing is like, we have this uh, tension to like, we've got to do more. Like I'm 27, I've got my job, I've got something else, but I'm like, there's more, there's always something else, there's always something this. And um, what I've realized is that, and this is probably my biggest challenge, is that I can't hear what God is saying when I'm so focused and in tune with myself on my goals. And I've realized that by doing that, I almost block him out and his words out. Mm. And I think that I'm going for the right direction. I might be, but I can't hear what he's saying on the journey. So I think uh, almost like following Jesus in my daily life is what I felt the challenge, another challenge is actually just to dwell. And the Bible calls us to dwell in his presence and to like dwell in his place and everything he has. And that is so anti what I want to do. But I found myself in those moments just dwelling in his word and listening and almost find that like he, because of that, he is showing me bits. I said it earlier, bits and bits and bits where what, who he is, who his character is, what he has for us, his plans. And I think when we get to know more and more of that, we, get to, we have a reason and a purpose to fear God. Not just to say I fear God, but we, sometimes we need a purpose and a reason. And I think we get to know that in his word. Mm. So, yeah, so the starting point of, of just saying, here I am, God, you're God, I'm listening. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I want to... Yeah. Receiving. Hear. Yeah. Yeah. So good. You sum that up a lot better than I did. In it's about almost four like words. that's his job. <laughs> <laughs> or, it's all that, it, or it's <laughs> almost, it's almost <laughs> like being older doesn't make any difference to the same kind of things that, sure. you know... Um, I hope you know this is a real truth. Um, culture changes enormously, but human nature doesn't change. That's why God's living word speaks to us absolutely in our circumstances, because God really knows what human beings are like and has spoken to us. Um, so just think, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit that God with us. Some of you be very familiar. Just, just, I'm going to ask you guys one more question in a moment, but I'm just already just wanting to ask the Holy Spirit just to... Just to come, and some of us, you just might want to just be, you'll already have been doing this, I think. I, I know that God's been just stirring up people in the room. And I, I want to wonder what he's just going to say to you about your attitude towards God in a sense. What's your posture to God? Do you have this spark, at least, of desire for right relationship with him? Do you have an unhealthy fear? And you just do want to ask him to take that away, but for a healthy, healthy 
attitude, approach, a healthy fear of God. There's a promise in Psalm 103. Um, We've got that first, I think, Steve, if you can go back. Psalm 103. The love of the Lord. Thanks, Steve, if you can. I'm jumping around. I told you I wasn't going to jump around, didn't I? But I have. Um, The love of the Lord remains forever with those who, who fear him. So those who have this right desire. The love of the Lord remains forever with us. We are embraced by his love. So Sarah, if you were going to kind of, you know, for anyone here still struggling with this, still you know, wrestling in a, in a, in a difficult way, um, either to get into the water, to use my picture of surfing and bodyboarding, or still sort of standing there and, you know, what would you say? What, how, how might you encourage us to think or question, whatever? Hmm. <laughs> I can feel myself feeling a bit nervous about saying this. So I think it probably is God. Um, but I think when you preached three weeks ago, um, you started to bring actually a real challenge, um, and I appreciated that. And when I was thinking about this question, what really came to mind was like posture, and I, I think I feel nervous about saying it because I don't want to sound like the horrible lady on the stage, but I think there is actually a challenge that if you feel like you're not hearing God, you have to be like, how am I listening? Um, and that that posture of like fear of the Lord is something that um, that we can seek. I think. Um, sorry, maybe that was a bit jumbled up. I'll try and say it That's as good. Andrew would say it. <laughs> um, so I think it's about if you're really struggling with this, or you're really struggling to hear what God's saying. Mm. Can you change your posture a little bit? Can you ask somebody to pray with you? Mm. Can you do something different in your daily routine? Um, can you, yeah, can you kind of find some space to like meditate on on the mm. awe that you have for him, and then just how amazing it is that he he cares mm. about you, little old you, how he can be powerful and dangerous, and also incredibly trustworthy and personal. Like find some space to meditate on that because I think I think we've spoken a lot. The word culture has come out of both of our mouths mm, now, yep. and I think that we have to remember we live in that. And so this is this is hard. This is really hard because there's not a lot of times in our culture where we do have to like wrestle and put these things together. Um, but I think my encouragement, and maybe it doesn't sound like an encouragement, but it would be to really think about what you're doing and how mm. you're doing it and. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciated your challenge a few weeks ago because you were really like, this is actually about salvation. This is about, you mm. know, this is about relationship with God and that is more important mm. than anything, yeah. n- than anything. Um, so I think that would be an encouragement. And yeah, just also remembering, sorry. I'm just, no, no, I was going to go for it. Just, do you want to jump in there? No, it was just, yeah, it was just what you said about um, the encouragement to come there's nothing, obviously, like you say, there's nothing special about this area at the front of when it comes down to it at the ministry time or whatever we do. But, like, tell someone, mm. speak to someone about it. Say, like, I, like, I want this and I, I don't understand this much. And, Sarah, you're right, like, be open about it. Tell someone, like, I'm, I'm not sure I get it, but I want it. And it's certainly what I want to, 
I want to grapple with and I want to understand better and let this be a time actually where mm. that can start now. And if that's something what, what you want to do, then like, don't, don't wait any longer. Like, come and start the journey of that now. Let's speak to somebody. And it is because we, we shared, isn't it? There's a, a fundamental about this, which is, which is just humility. Mm. And, and that is not for us as followers of Jesus. It's not about imagining that God wants to just sort of kind of in any way dash us down and just sort of kind of crush us. It's not that kind of humility. It's, it's, it's actually that I find the incredible relief of not trying to keep up a facade or, or not trying to make it a rules game or just not trying to make it about me, but actually coming to God been certain moments in my life where I've really come to God and just said, God, I just have to say, I'm sorry. You know, if, if God reveals things, I'm, I've been saved by what he's done in Jesus on the cross. I don't have to do that every day. But when he reveals stuff and, and just say, I want to just be here. And sometimes it literally physically is on my knees. And just say, you're God. And I'm listening. Mm. Yeah. 